Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, March 12th. S&P futures are trading off about 25 points. That's about 63 basis points. You're seeing a reversal of what you saw on Thursday. So tech is getting hit very hard. The Nasdaq futures are off about 240 points. That's about 1.8%. Dow futures are essentially unchanged, down about 29 points. That's just about nine basis points. So this tech on, tech off price action that we've been witnessing now throughout the week continues. So remember, tech surged Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, it wagged Wednesday, and so far it's lagging this morning. Um, you know, I don't really think there's a specific catalyst to drive the price action this morning, although the tenor of news is certainly a little somber this morning versus um, what you had on Thursday. Uh, just running through the rest, the rest of the world, European major indices are trading off about 50 to 60 basis points. Tech is very weak in Europe, so tech is down about 2%. In Europe this morning, you are not seeing um, a very powerful offset in cyclical value groups. So industrials, basic resources, and autos are all getting hit in Europe. Banks are outperforming. Banks are up about 50 basis points in Europe, but the other big cyclical value groups are for sale. Asia was mixed. Uh, Generally, markets traded higher, although there was softness in Hong Kong. So a couple of items just to run through this morning. The Biden address last night was very innocuous. There was no real major incremental news. The comment about having general vaccine availability available to everyone by May 1st, um, largely consistent with expectations. If anything, I think the market was hoping to see or is hoping to see general availability by April 1st. So Alaska became the first state to kind of make the vaccines available to anyone who wanted it. Um, the hope is that you're going to see more states um, uh, follow that 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 path over the coming weeks. Um, so I think if all the states waited to May 1st, I actually think that's a mild disappointment. I think, again, I think the market's hoping to see a lot of states make, it, make the vaccine generally available by um, the beginning of April. So we'll have to see how all that unfolds. Um, a couple of other items to note. So there had been some hope of a U.S.-China breakthrough um, ahead of uh, coming out of the upcoming meeting. So U.S. and Chinese officials will be meeting for the first time of the Biden presidency next week, the 18th and 19th in Alaska. Um, that came out on Tuesday. And then the semiconductor associations in China and the U.S. announced a pact yesterday morning. So those two events raised expectations for some type of a U.S.-China detente. I think that's being dashed overnight. So the U.S. is imposing incremental restrictions on exports to Huawei. Um, China hit out against that news, calling the U.S. an unreliable partner. And then the White House came out yesterday and said that the talks next week are going to be, quote unquote, difficult. So I think whatever hopes there had been for a breakthrough in U.S.-China relations probably is not going to come to pass um, you know, I think it's going to be very much status quo. The White House has been resolving a lot of the Trump era trade disputes with most countries except for China. So it looks like the Trump era policies towards China are going to continue at least for a while longer. Um, as far as central banks are concerned, so the ECB came out yesterday, said they will accelerate bond purchases in Q2, but not expand the overall size of the PEPP, which is their pandemic um, bond buying program, um, you know, which is not necessarily negative. You did see Eurozone bonds rally yesterday on the news. However, um, you know, I think markets are looking at all that and saying, you know, this really creates now a monetary cliff in Q3, whereby as things are now scheduled, the ECB will be forced to taper in Q3. That's creating some concerns. And I just think in general, central banks can be very powerful to intervene and stabilize normalized markets that are that are um, you know dis that are dysfunctional 
with regards to kind of panic around market conditions, but to the extent yields are rising at a relatively gradual, gentle pace in response to improved macro fundamentals, central banks don't have as much power to prevent an increase in uh, yields on the long end of the curve. Again, if they're rallying because of improved fundamentals, which they are right now. So we're kind of, again, in this perverse environment where fundamentals are terrific right now. That's pushing yields up, um, but that's also undermining equity valuations. And that's kind of this dilemma stocks have been in now going back for you know approaching two months. And I suspect it's going to continue. Um, again, fundamentals are great, terrific, but you have this kind of valuation overhang whereby the PE expansion that you saw during the pandemic as yields collapsed is now kind of being undermined by yields creeping higher. Um, you know, I continue to think that 1.75 on the 10 year is about your trigger point for when you're going to see kind of wholesale selling inequities instead of this re- uh, rotation that we've been witnessing. 1.75 approximately is when you're going to start to see real yields go into positive territory um, just based on inflation expectations. So that's on the 10 year yield. Um, you're up at about 1.6 this morning. So we'll have to see how all that unfolds um, you know, going forward. Just looking at the calendar for today, it should be very quiet. You do have two inflation numbers. So the US PPI at 8.30 and then the Michigan sentiment survey hits at 10 a.m. Within that, you have inflation expectation readings, which investors will be watching very closely. Um, and then AT&T is an analyst meeting at 10 a.m. Um, as they provide guidance on their balance sheet, given um, what's happened with the DirecTV sale and then on the recent Spectrum auction. So you've had analyst meetings from Verizon and uh, T-Mobile this week, both of which were kind of just providing an update based on the Spectrum auction being out of the way. Investors are most curious to see the AT&T one, just given that there's the most un- there's the most balance sheet uncertainty um, around it versus its major peers. Um, a couple of other items on the micro front to note. So Hong Kong did underperform in part because Tencent was hit hard. There were reports that Chinese regulatory officials are moving on from Alibaba and now focusing on Tencent, um, you know, talking about how Tencent could be forced to create a financial um, holding company, placing some of its assets in there. That would ostensibly raise um, capital requirements for the company. So Tencent was hit hard. Um, that, hit, that hurt Hong Kong AIA group. Um, which is the old uh, AIG Asian business was hit hard on its earnings report. So that created uh, some of the underperformance in Hong Kong. Um, on the earnings front, nothing too dramatic out last night, although a couple names were um, were in focus. Burberry is trading very well in Europe this morning after a positive earnings update. Um, and that is essentially everything for this morning. Um, obviously there's a lot more in the piece to talk about. Um, I also have, uh, updates on calendars, upcoming events, you know, just quickly into next week, the big macro event will be the fed on Wednesday. You also have the BOJ on Friday. You have a lot of Chinese economic data that's going to be out Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, and you have a couple more earnings on the calendar for next week as well. Um, including FedEx and Nike Thursday, next Thursday night, and then that US-China meeting in Alaska next Thursday and Friday. Uh, and that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.